Hello, this is David Wilcoxon, and this is the first of three videos that are going to cover the covenant in Daniel 9.27. In the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 timeline videos, I show that Daniel 9.25 and 26 proclaim that Messiah the Prince appears after 69 weeks are completed, meaning in the 70th week, to carry out his ministry and die in the middle of the seven years for our sins. In the fulfillment of Daniel 9.24 videos, I show that the six demands are fulfilled by Messiah's death for our sins, and in the Jews finishing the transgression of killing the prophets that are sent to them. In the People and the Prince videos, I show that the prophecy is about the Jews, the people of Messiah the Prince, who are of the tribe of Judah. It's the Jews who caused Jerusalem and the temple to be destroyed, as it was their punishment for delivering Messiah up to be killed. The prophecy points to the highlight of human history when the Anointed One carried out his multi-year ministry and died for our sins in the middle of the seven years. There are no other people in the prophecy. This proves who he is in Daniel 9.27, Messiah the Prince, who confirms the covenant. So let me remind you about the two ways to interpret scripture because Daniel 9.27 is the key verse that people misunderstand and apply it to the end times and the Antichrist. So the word exegesis means to lead out of. That means the interpreter is led to his conclusions by following the text and the definitions that Daniel gave us about the people and the prince and the covenant. When we apply the context and definitions of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy, we see the historical fulfillment of the 70th week after the 69th week as it points to Messiah the prince confirming the everlasting covenant previously referred to in Daniel 9.4. The opposite approach to scripture is eisegesis, which interprets a passage based on a subjective, non-analytical reading. The word eisegesis means to lead into, as the interpreter injects their ideas into the text, making it mean whatever they want. When people interject their belief that Daniel 9.27 points to an end-times antichrist, making an Israel peace agreement, then the explanation of the prophecy is perverted with wrong definitions of the keywords, and by inserting a 2,000-year time gap. However, the text mentions no such gap and it makes no sense for the Father to declare a 70-week prophecy that's not fulfilled in 70 consecutive weeks. When I studied the fulfillment of the 70th week of Daniel 9 a dozen years ago, like most historicists, I focused on showing how the covenant in Daniel 9.27 is the covenant the Messiah confirmed with his blood to atone for our sins. Then a few years ago, the Spirit led me to understand that Daniel 9.4 is referring to the Abrahamic everlasting covenant of mercy, which needed to be confirmed by Messiah's blood as the spotless Passover lamb to ratify it, to put it into effect. By that, we see Daniel 9.27 points to Messiah coming to confirm the existing covenant. And I was amazed at this insight. So once you see it, the prophecy is easy to understand. Now your gut reaction may be that Messiah didn't confirm the everlasting covenant, so I'll let scripture validate it. Romans 15.8 tells us that Messiah was sent to confirm the promises made unto Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Abraham told Isaac that the heavenly father would provide a lamb for their sins. The holy feast of Passover points to the anointed one in Isaiah 53 coming to bear our sins. Galatians 3.17 also points to Messiah confirming the covenant. It says, And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. 
the covenant that existed 430 years before the Mosaic covenant is the everlasting covenant, which needed to be ratified, confirmed with the blood of the spotless Passover lamb. And Hebrews 13.20 connects Messiah to the everlasting covenant. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. I'll provide more verses in these videos, but that's sufficient to show that Messiah came to confirm the covenant that Daniel referred to in Daniel 9.4. But recently, the Spirit expanded my view again to see that in the ninth chapter of Daniel, He's praying about two different covenants, the Mosaic covenant, which most Jews failed to obey, bringing a curse upon them, and the Abrahamic everlasting covenant. Both covenants converge in Messiah as the law and prophets point to him. Messiah's perfect obedience fulfilled the law of the Mosaic covenant so that those who believe in him are no longer under its curse. By showing that both the Mosaic covenant and the everlasting covenant, which are referred to in Daniel 9, point to Messiah's death on the cross, we have absolute proof that the covenant in Daniel 9.27 is about Messiah the Prince, our high priest who offered the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins. The two covenants that are referred to validate that he in Daniel 9.27 is Messiah the Prince as both covenants point to him. Once again, I asked how I missed this before as now it seems so obvious. And the answer is that my previous beliefs hindered me from seeing what scripture is declaring. Before I get to the context of Daniel 9, I want to take a step back in the biblical narrative to give a bigger perspective as the Law and Prophets point to what took place in the middle of the 70th week of Daniel 9. Too many people only focus on the word covenant in Daniel 9.27 and skip over the significant word confirm. It says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. This means that the covenant existed when Daniel wrote the prophecy, invalidating that it's a future covenant by the Antichrist. To understand the covenant of Daniel 9.27, we need to know the context of the covenant, and the story goes back to creation. In the book of Revelation, Messiah calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. The first and last letters in the Hebrew alphabet are Aleph and Tav. The Hebrew letter Tav means a sign, a mark, a covenant. And the original Hebrew symbol for the letter Tav is a cross. The everlasting covenant of mercy has always pointed to the time when Messiah would ratify it with his blood as the Passover lamb on the cross of Calvary, so that the wrath of his father regarding our sins passes over us. Messiah isn't plan B because plan A with the Israelites didn't work out. Messiah is the seed of Abraham through which the world has been blessed. Messiah was plan A the whole time. Peter the Apostle points to this in 1 Peter 1. Verse 9 and 10 says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Verses 18 to 20 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. The term these last times doesn't point to the end times, but the period from Messiah's first advent until his return. Promises were made to Abram, who was renamed Abraham when he believed by faith. Genesis 17:19 says, And God said, Sarah, Thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. 
and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Genesis 22 points to the seed of Abraham. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of the enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Abraham had conceived Ishmael when he mixed with Sarah's Egyptian servant Hagar. The physical seed of Abraham includes the Israelites, through whom the promises were given and Messiah was born. Hebrews 11.10 says, For he, Abraham, looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews 13.14 says, For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Abraham was not focused on earthly Jerusalem as his inheritance, but on heavenly Jerusalem. Abraham understood that his spiritual descendants would fill the earth and bless it. It was initially only offered to the house of Israel. But after the 70th week of Daniel 9 was fulfilled, it also spread to the Gentiles. This collective bride is called Holy Jerusalem in Revelation. The faithful remnant who point people to the Heavenly Father through the atoning work of our Savior blesses the world. The enemy has tricked us so that we esteem the wrong people and don't realize who we are in the biblical narrative. Believing Jews and Gentiles make up the commonwealth of Israel. The spiritual seed of Abraham is Messiah and those who believe by faith not the physical seed. And this is where we see the dichotomy between believing Israel and unbelieving. In Galatians 3, Paul compared the Mosaic and everlasting covenant to the Gentile believers. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth, not in all things which are written in the book of the law, to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannoweth and addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For the inheritance be of the law. It is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law. It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. 
But the Spirit hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up until the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So in those verses, we see both covenants referred to in Daniel 9, the Mosaic covenant and the everlasting covenant. Galatians 3, 27 to 29 finishes the explanation. For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Recall the story of Abraham obeying the father and taking Isaac up for a sacrifice. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Abraham understood that the father would send the anointed one, Messiah, the spotless lamb, to atone for his sins and the sin of Isaac and their descendants. This was the belief of Father Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, David, Daniel, and the other remnant. It was the belief of Messiah's disciples. I'm sharing this background so you can see that there's always been a faithful remnant of those who believe by faith, love the Father, and seek to obey his instructions, and are saved by the everlasting covenant. They looked towards the day when the anointed one, Messiah, the spotless lamb, would come to atone for their sins with his blood sacrifice as their high priest. We look back on that event. There's one consistent narrative in the Bible, which gets lost in the dichotomy of Old Testament believers and New Testament believers. But the Old Testament and New Testament both point to the covenant that was confirmed in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week. The two covenants of Daniel 9 are the Mosaic Covenant and the Abrahamic Everlasting Covenant. The two covenants ran side by side. The narrative of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and other prophets shows us that most of the Israelites sought to obey the Mosaic Covenant to earn their salvation and that the remnant believed by faith, loved the Father, and sought to obey His instructions out of love, not to earn salvation. We see it played out when the Father sent the Assyrians to take the house of Israel captive and disperse them because the majority played the harlot by worshiping the false gods of foreigners. We see it played out when the Father sent the Babylonians to take the house of Judah captive and destroy Jerusalem and the temple because most Jews played the harlot by worshiping the false gods of foreigners. And we see it played out when the Romans were sent to destroy Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD because the Jews continued in rebellion against the Heavenly Father and continued in the tradition of their fathers and killed the prophets sent to them. The abomination of rejecting Messiah and delivering him up to be killed Continuing temple sacrifices, which denying the one-time blood sacrifice of the Anointed One, led to the desolation of their nation in 70 AD. When John the Baptist was preaching repentance to pave the way for Messiah, he understood that the unbelieving Jews would be desolated. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. 
But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. His fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and gather his wheat into the garner, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John the Baptist was proclaiming that the true descendants of Abraham are not the physical Israelites, but those who believe by faith, love the Father, and seek to obey his instructions. John understood Daniel 9.26 and Daniel 12, which proclaimed the coming judgment on the unbelieving Jews in his generation, which took place during the three and a half years of the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD. We see the split between the two types of people in the verses that follow John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Those who are judged according to the Mosaic covenant are condemned, and those who believe by faith the Messiah's atoning work, that his blood sacrifice atones for their sins, are saved. We see the two types of Jews, physical and spiritual, in John 8 says, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. We see the two types of Jews in the story of the two criminals crucified with Messiah. One mocked Messiah and told him to save himself if he's the Christ, and he was left condemned by the Mosaic Covenant. The other defended Messiah, saying that he had committed no crime. He believed in Messiah and was saved by the everlasting covenant of mercy. And so we see the two choices of the Jews. Some believed in Messiah and were saved. Sadly, most of the Jews rejected Messiah, and they remained condemned for their sins by the Mosaic Covenant. After Peter healed a lame man, and the Jews marveled, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye of this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One, and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, and also as did your rulers. But these things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times are refreshing, shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. 
Ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Once again, we see the dichotomy between physical Israelites who rejected Messiah and spiritual Israelites who believed in him. I'll stop here in the explanation to keep the video short. In the next video, we'll continue focusing on the two covenants in Daniel 9. If this video helped you, please click on the thumbs up, make a comment, and share it with others. You can print out PDF summaries, request a free PDF copy of the 70th week of Daniel 9 decoded book, or get a printed copy at www.70thweekofdaniel.com. That's all for today. I love y'all. Shalom.